Do you know 1 Thessalonians tells us to pray without ceasing? That's a lot of praying. We are told to pray as often as possible. Now, I don't think we have to take that verse literally. And every second that we are awake, we should be praying. That's impossible to do. That would mean I'm praying while I'm talking, which I don't even know how to do that. I think what they're trying to say is in every situation, pray. If things are good, pray and praise. If things are bad, pray and, and, and ask. If things are normal, pray. If things are, if you're tired, pray. If you're hungry, pray. If you're awake, pray. Pray all the time for everything. Here's how I would equate that. Let's say you get some bad news. Let's say something goes wrong. Let's say your world gets rocked. I want you to think of the person you would call, the person you would text. We've all got somebody like that, right? I hope we all do. You might not. But that person that you talk to, that you would reach out to, think of how often you communicate with them. Think about how often you interact with them. Why is our prayer life any less than that? Why should we talk to God any less than we talk to our best friend, to our parents, to our siblings? Talk to God about everything. Because when we talk to him more, we pray constantly, we'll hear from him a little better. I won't, I won't say that it makes it easy to understand what he's saying, because sometimes God's a mystery. Sometimes there's things we just don't get, but the more we are in communication with him, I do think we can recognize his voice a little bit easier in our lives. I do think we can recognize when those messages are from him a little bit more. And so as we tell you to pray, 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 we've been talking about how to pray. We've been using the Lord's Prayer to do that. A couple weeks back, Joe kicked off this series by showing us in Matthew 6, before Jesus went into the, uh, the Lord's Prayer, he talked about how not to pray. And so we said, here's how we shouldn't pray. And then Barry, the last week we were here, now last week we were at Three Cedars, but the week before, Barry talked about the opening of the Lord's Prayer. And we sum that all up by saying, God be God. And so this next part is what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to read it. It's going to be on the screen. It's Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, 12, and 13. It says this, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Show of hands, how many of you guys have heard this one before, right? I think a lot of us know it. It's the Lord's Prayer. Many of you might have it memorized. So what I'm going to talk to you about tonight, guys, is our daily bread, is forgiving our debts, and leading us not into temptation. I'm going to give you the big take-home point at the start. A lot of times with lessons we build, we build. We say, now here's what we want you to remember. I want to give you the big take-home point tonight uh, at the beginning. If we could condense this into one small thing, it would say this. God, help us. If you want to know what the Lord's Prayer really is, what, God, what Jesus says, here's how you pray, we can, some, we can squeeze it down to just this. God, be God. God, help us. That's what Jesus tells us to pray. And I think any of us are capable of doing that. Some of us might say, oh, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. That's all you have to say. God, be God in my life. God, help me. God, help us. When Jesus teaches us to pray, you guys, he teaches us that it's okay to pray for things going on in our, going on in our lives. And some of you might already know that. You might say, well, of course it is. But sometimes when we read the Lord's Prayer and we focus on that beginning part, you know, hallowed be thy name. God, be God. And we focus on God and his might and his power and his, and his, and his uh, infinite uh, superiority over us. We focus so heavily on God. Uh, what should I do? God, where are you leading me? God, what is your calling in my life? God, what do you want me to do with my life? And we can lose sight of the fact that we've got things going on in our lives. But Jesus is saying, hey, talk to me about that stuff because I care about that stuff too. And I think that's important. Yeah, we establish who God is. And God is big and God is great and God is mighty and God is powerful. But God cares about us too. That's what's so awesome that God, the creator of the universe, God who made everything, God who knows everything, listens to you when you pray. 
and he listens to you in your needs, and he listens to you in what you're going through. Specifically, here's how we can say, God, help us. God, help us what we deal with. God, help us in what we struggle with, and God, help us in what we desire. Now, those three things that we mentioned, the daily bread, forgive us our debts, and lead us not into temptation, are those three things. We're going to talk about those three things tonight. I want you to think about this for a second. You know, it's, do you ever sometimes think when you pray for your own stuff, you're being selfish? You know, like, man, this is a really big deal in my life, but man, if I go to God, like, I'm not being faithful to him by asking him to work on this area or asking him to work in that area. I want you to, to ignore that. I want you to get, get past that. Because when God, when Jesus tells us to pray for these things going on in our life, he is saying, hey, talk to me about what's going on in your life. Don't ever think by talking to God about what's going on in your life that you are being selfish. It's not wasteful to speak to God about your problems and your pain and your future and all those things like that. Sometimes I struggle with that. Sometimes my prayers, I'm thinking about my prayers, I'm like, man, I've been asking for a lot of my own stuff. And I feel like bad as a Christian, so I like throw in a couple other people. I'm like, hey, pray for Autumn too, you know, like just so it feels like I'm being a little more holy. But God is, God knows my heart and God knows, hey, Jordan, that's just what's going on in your life. It's the same way if you're pouring out your heart to your friend, if they said, hey, you're talking about yourself a whole lot, that wouldn't be a very good friend. And God is a good friend. God is a good father. God is a good God. And he does all those things. He clearly tells us it's okay to talk about these things. So let's talk about what we're dealing with. And that is our daily bread. The first verse, give us this day our daily bread. What we are dealing with in life is what Jesus asked us to pray for when he says, give us this day our daily bread. What he's teaching us is to ask with a sense of urgency for God to provide with what we need. We have to ask God to provide us with what we need. A famous Christian thinker, his name is Martin Luther. He said this, this is a quote from him. When we pray for bread, we are praying for food, a healthy body, good weather, house, home, peace, and that God may preserve us from all sorts of calamities, sickness, hard times, war, revolution, and the like. That's a big piece of bread, right? That is daily bread. God, provide me with everything that I need. God, protect me from anything that could hurt me. God, deliver me from the things that I'm going through. God, take care of me through all of this. What you are dealing with is your need. So what are you dealing with in life where you need something to happen right now? Where are you at in life where you need something to change? Where are you at where you need something to heal, where you need something to be restored? A lot of times when it comes to daily bread, though, we wind up praying for our wants instead of our needs. I'm guilty of that. I start praying, and I know what I need, and I tell God how I want it to happen, how I want it to work out, and what exactly I would like him to do, and all of a sudden, my need turns into my want, right? So do you pray for what you need, or do you pray for what you want? And there's a big difference. Jesus doesn't tell us to pray for what we want. Jesus tells us to pray for what we need, all right? If we're praying, and I say, God, just give me bread. If my prayer is, Lord, give me bread, what I'm saying is, God, just give me what I need to make it through this. That's need. But if I say, God, give me some of them rolls from Texas Roadhouse. Give me, you know, with the butter. And I want, them, I want them warm, and I want them soft, and I want them in my mouth, and I want a whole basket of them. And I would like them to keep coming. And, Lord, I don't want to gain weight, and I never want to stop eating them. All of a sudden, yeah, I'm asking for bread, but I'm asking for bread that I want. See what I'm saying? 
When we, when we start praying for what we think is bread, but we're describing that bread in a way that we want it, all of a sudden our prayer for need has turned into our prayer for want, and we have lost the plot. Jesus doesn't want you to pray for what you want. He wants you to pray for what you need. Am I focused when I pray for my bread on the need, or am I focused on the want? Let me show you how we can screw it up. When I uh, stepped out of youth ministry at my old church, I was a youth pastor before, and as I stepped out, I knew that we needed someone to take my place. Uh, I stepped into a different position of leadership in the church, and uh, there was a guy who going to the church who I thought would have been a really good fit. His name was Matt. He was a close friend of mine. I'm like, Matt would be great. And so what I did was when I prayed for this person to step into leadership in my youth group, I prayed and I asked God specifically to put Matt in that position. I said, God, I know that I'm stepping out. I know that I'm going to leave a void. I know that someone needs to take my place. God, let it be Matt. God, I want, I want Matt to take my spot. God, have Matt be the next youth leader here at Morningstar. God, I just want Matt to take over. And the problem with that is that I was telling God what I wanted. Now, what we, we needed a youth pastor, but I was telling him who I wanted specifically. And what I learned the hard way is that God gave me what I wanted, but it wasn't what I needed because my friend Matt did take over, and no disrespect to him, but he sucked. Like, like he quit after five weeks. He's bad. And I was like, I, I was confused by it because I'm like, but this is what I prayed for. I prayed faithfully, and I prayed continually, and I asked, and I asked, and I asked, and it took me a long time to realize that even though I was asking God over and over, and even though I thought I was modeling the Lord's prayer, I wasn't asking God for what I needed. I was telling God what I wanted. And I think he got fed up and said, fine, have what you want. And sometimes God gives us what we want because he realizes what we're gonna do with it is realize, well, I didn't want this at all. Because what we should want is him. I screwed it up pretty bad. Um, I was praying for my wants, and that's maybe where you are today. Maybe, you're, maybe with your situation, you're not just asking God to handle it, but handle it your way. God, would you make this person like me? God, I just, I just want to date this person so bad, so just make them fall in love with me, because I know that that is, is what's best. God, give me this job at Starbucks with my friends. Give me this job working with my friends. That's where I want to work, and that's where I need to work. God, God let me make the team. You know, we pray those prayers, and sometimes maybe it feels a little selfish, but then we say, well, God, I'm just asking for my needs. I'm asking for my needs. We may ask yourself, though, why do you want those things? And why, when, when you ask why you want those things, you might see your need in them. Let me say that again. When you ask why you want those things, you might see your need in them. Some of you pray, and you ask God to send you a person that you can date, boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe you got someone specific in mind. And, and it's good to pray for that. Good, pray for your relationships. If you're looking to date somebody, pray about it, man. If you leave God out of it, it's going to fail, plain and simple. But if you're praying about it, all right, I want you to think about why am I praying for this? Why you might be praying for a relationship is because you desire that relationship, because you don't feel loved. So your need is to feel loved. So your prayer should be, God, help me to feel loved whether it's through this dumb boy or this, this guy or this guy, I need to feel love, God, show me love. You might say, God, give me this job because that job sounds fun. Hey, your friends work there, it pays decent, sounds like a cool place to work, but really what it is is because you're saving up for a car. So what you're saying is, God, I need money. I'd like to work here, but if that's not your will, just sit, put me in a place where I can honor you and I can get what I need. Maybe you say, God, I wanna make the team, but why do you wanna make the team? Maybe you wanna make the team because it'll put you in the spotlight. 
And you want a little bit of that attention. You want that, that validation. You want people to celebrate you. And you want people to notice you. And without that, you're not sure who you are. Maybe you need the attention because you don't know who you are as a person. And you need that validation from other people. Your prayer needs to be not, God, help me make the team. God, help me know who I am. That's your need. All right? Jesus says to pray our needs, not our wants. When it comes to what you're dealing with, consider what you need in your situations, not what you want in them. The next verse says this, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. When Jesus teaches us to pray, forgive us our debts, he teaches us that forgiveness is a humbling but necessary part of our lives. Guys, I don't like to talk about forgiveness because I suck at it. I'm really bad. I hang on to things. I stay mad longer than I should. I let go of things later than I should. I keep walls up longer than I need to. I'm not good at talking forgiveness, but I understand at least that I suck at it. All right, one of the wonders of following Jesus is that we are allowed not only to ask God to forgive us of the worst things we've ever done, the worst things we've ever said, the worst things we've ever thought, but also knowing that he will say, yes, I forgive you for those things. Um, I've done some bad stuff. Uh, last week at Three Cedars, I didn't do anything bad last week at Three Cedars, but last week as I was prepping my lesson, so I told the story about Puerto Rico and how we drove up a hill, but I was talking to Dusty, I'm like, hey, I want to tell this story about back when we were a youth group, and I told her, she's like, you cannot tell that story. I'm like, why? It's funny. She's like, it was bad. I'll tell you guys afterwards if you want to know, but it was, it was <laughs> she's like, you can't use that in a lesson, but like, I've done some stupid stuff. I've done stupid stuff on purpose. I've done stupid stuff accidentally. I've hurt people pretty bad on purpose. I've hurt people pretty bad accidentally. I've dishonored God on purpose. I've dishonored God accidentally. I have messed up a lot in my life, and I'm sure you have too. I need forgiveness as much as anybody in this room. The great thing is, any of us who need forgiveness, somebody, now listen, we talk about how we're all sinners and, and you know, like no one's worse than the other, but the truth is if we had like a little chart, somebody's ranking the highest in this room, right? Somebody's done it the most, somebody's, somebody's farthest from God, somebody has sinned the worst. That's just the truth of it. Guess what? That person's still forgiven. It's probably me because I'm older than most of you. So I've just got the most reps, all right? So I've probably committed the most sins, and I'm forgiven. So if I'm forgiven, you can be too because you've done a lot less worse than I have. But here's the tricky part in this whole thing. The tricky part for me is not that God forgives me, but where it says, as we also. Because it's great for me to go to God and be like, hey, I screwed up again. Will you forgive me? And he's like, yes. I'm like, awesome. But then there's that other part that says, as we also, and this is the part I do not like. When Jesus lays out how we pray, he puts in there that we have to pray to forgive other people. I don't know about you, but I love that God forgives me. I love it. I love it. I love it. I need it. Sometimes I don't love that he forgives the people that hurt me that much. Sometimes I just wish, like, like, a light, like you just throw a lightning bolt, just one, you know, just hit him once, you know. That's just me. I don't, I don't love forgiving people who've hurt me. It's so hard, man. Because I feel justified. I feel like, I, like my explanation is, is important and, and I'm justified in my hurt. And then I need to understand that I did the same thing to him. Jesus is totally justified in staying hurt. Jesus is totally justified in not forgiving me. And yet, he does. And so when he models that, I have to live a life that, rep, that, that represents him. I have to be an imitator of him, and I have to find ways to forgive people 
that are hard to forgive. So where are you struggling with forgiveness? Maybe you're hanging on to something that happened to you. Maybe it happened recently. Maybe it happened a long time ago, and you just haven't been able to let go of it. Maybe you got trauma in your life. Maybe there's pain that you're carrying tonight. Are you unable to let go of what someone did to you? Are you unable to let go of what someone said to you or someone said about you? Maybe that's going on in your life right now. You got friends talking about you, and you know it, and it hurts. And because it hurts, it's harder to ask God to help you forgive them. When you think about that person that hurts you, and I'm sure we all have a person that comes to mind when we talk about a person who hurts us. I'm sure we've all got someone. When you think about that person, those feelings that bubble up, right? You start to get a little mad, you start to get a little heated. I want you to think for a second. Let me ask, are those feelings the fruits of forgiveness? They're not. So those feelings that we have about that person, that anger that, that still boils in us, that's sort of a sign of forgiveness that's needed to be expressed. I need to get to a point where I can think about those people who hurt me and not just fly into a rage and not just get mad and not just let it ruin my day. And it's easier said than done. And I'm not sitting here telling you, I don't know what you've been through, guys. I don't know how bad you've been hurt. I'm not telling you to forget what's happened to you. Some of you guys have gone through some really, really tough stuff, and I'm not trying to diminish that or minimize that in any way. Some of you are victims. Some of you, you do not deserve what happened to you. And I'm not saying forget it. I'm not saying let the person keep doing it. I'm not saying, you know, to, to put yourself in a place to continue to be hurt. But what I'm saying is we have to get to a point where we can go to our prayers with God and say, God, help me to forgive that person just like you forgave me and just like you forgave them. It's hard to do. But that's what Jesus told us to pray when he taught us how to do it. But God, help me forgive because it's hard. How do I forgive someone when they haven't asked? How do I, how do I forgive someone when they haven't done anything to change? How do I forgive someone when they don't want my forgiveness? The truth is I don't, I don't really know what that looks like for you. All I know is that Jesus told you to pray about it. And so we have to keep doing that. Let's go back to the verse, last one. It says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus helps us with our desires because our desires are not always what honors God. So sin is a desire. Sin is driven by desire. We desire to sin. Let's be real about it. Not to say 24-7 we're sitting around thinking about how we can sin. I hope that's not true about you. If so, you need to get right. <laughs> but the truth is we all have the desire to sin. Sometimes we plan it out. Sometimes we put a lot of thought into it. Sometimes it's spur of the moment. But we, we sin when, when, the, when the opportunity arises. You won't hear this often from a stage at church, but do you want to know why we sin, you guys? We sin because sin is enjoyable. Let's be honest about it. The reason we sin is because we enjoy sin in the moment. In the moment when temptation hits us, it either feels good to do, or it feels easy to do, or it feels safe to do, and so we choose that route. When I was growing up, one of my biggest sins that I struggled with was, was lying. I lied to my parents all the time. If I got caught doing something, you know what I did? I lied because that felt safer than admitting the truth. Guess what? Lying is still sin though, right? And so it felt safe, and so that's where the temptation led me. It feels safe to do this, so that's what I'm going to do. The problem is if you give sin an inch, it's going to take a mile. And the bigger problem is this, and I think it's important to remember, sin might feel good for a moment, it might feel easy for a moment, and it might feel safe for a moment, but in reality, it is none of those things. Sin is wicked, sin is evil, and sin is not of God, 
And when we choose that, we are choosing what is absolutely the worst for us. When Jesus teaches us to pray for our own needs, he shows us, this is important, temptation is normal. It's normal to be tempted to sin. That is a normal human response to choose sin. You are not less than for having a desire that you struggle with. You are not less than for wrestling with a sin over and over and coming back to it. You are not less than when that sin hits you in the face again and again. It entices you to do it, and then when you do it, it locks you up with shame and guilt. That good feeling in the moment goes away real fast when you feel about that big, right? We've all got sin. I don't know what your sin looks like. I don't know what your sin is. I don't need to know that. But I can tell you this, guys. Shame and guilt have no place in following Jesus. Jesus wants you to be free of that stuff. So if you are living a life right now where you are choosing sin over and over and over, your prayer needs to be what Jesus said. Lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from evil. Jesus, I keep sinning and I want to stop because I hate the life that I'm living. I hate the way that I feel. I don't like the shame that comes with it. I don't like the pain that I cause in myself and others. I want to be free of it. Jesus wants you to be free as well. He understands there are going to be things fighting for your attention. He understands things that could lead you away from him. And it's going to be tempting. And so he says, pray about it. When we said pray without ceasing, when you wake up in the morning, say, Lord, deliver me from evil. Deliver me from evil. When you're in that situation where it's enticing, say, Lord, deliver me from this. Constantly ask for deliverance, and he will make a way for you. What he's told us is to pray to deliver him from those things. Maybe you're here today and you're hanging on to guilt, and you're hanging on to shame, you're hanging on to bitterness. Just know that Jesus is willing to listen to you even with all your baggage. You know, man, in my years of youth ministry, I have seen some tough people come through the doors. I've dealt with some real pain, some real hurt, stuff that people your age should never have to deal with, let alone adults, but students should never have to go through what some of you have gone through. And, and to fight off that feeling, you've chosen sin, you've chosen this, you've chosen that, and it just makes you feel worse. And you feel like you haven't honored God, so you feel like you can't talk to God because you're ashamed of what you've done, you've, you've let him down. I get it, but can I tell you something? If you feel like you've let him down, if you feel like you can't talk to him, you could not be more wrong. He is always willing to listen to you. No matter how far you are, he is willing to listen. Jesus wants you to talk to him. Don't run from him, run to him and talk to him tonight. Let's close with a word of prayer and let's talk to him together right now. Father, we come to you this, this evening. And we thank you for loving us. God, I thank you for loving us in a way where you, you care about our needs. Thank you for telling us to talk to you about our needs. Father, thank you for, um, thank you for forgiving us. God, if there's anyone in this room tonight who needs your forgiveness, I pray that tonight is the night that they can make that decision and call on you. God, I ask you to deliver us. God, if there's any young men or young women tonight who are struggling with addiction, who are struggling with a specific sin problem that they just keep going back to. Deliver them tonight. Break them free of those chains that sin has locked them up in and help them to find freedom in you. It's what's best for us, Lord. Help us to be our best by understanding that you are what's best for us and seeking you continually over and over. God, be God. God, 
love you. In your name we pray. Amen. We're going to stand and we're going to worship one more time, guys.